Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perception Podcast with me, your host, Caroline Partridge. In today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of talking to the immensely talented dancer, circus artist, aerialist and teacher, Natalie Nicole James. Natalie shares her remarkable journey from how at an early age she used dance to help her process the trauma of losing her mother to her escape from domestic violence and her ensuing fight for justice and a better life. We also discuss Natalie's experience of balancing the demands of career and motherhood, first as an emerging artist of just 18 and then again as an established performer of 35. Please join me as we look at life through a different lens. Hello, Natalie. Oh, it's so great to have you here joining joining us on the Perception Podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's brilliant. I've really been looking forward to our conversation. Um, So, now I know you primarily as um, an aerialist. We've worked together in a had the had the pleasure of working together in a show and yes. um but i know you began your career as a dancer i believe and um you've defied you've got such an interesting story and Thank you've you. you've defied a lot of people's perceptions and i think possibly your own perceptions of what you're capable um uh, throughout your career and um I'd just really like for you to share a little bit or share a lot uh, about <laughs> your about your journey with us because I think I know it sounds you know it sounds a bit cliche to say oh, it's really inspirational but actually you are really inspirational and it would be really great for you to yeah, tell us a bit about your story and and how it began. Because when I learnt, I mean, obviously we worked together, but when, then when I learnt more about you, I was like, wow. Yeah. Aww, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so um, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, I My dance journey began, um, I'd say, more of an interest. You know, it was the growing up, in the kitchen, it's the weekend, I'm with my dad and my siblings, the music's on, um, we're just making up routines in the kitchen. However, also growing up, I um, had a experience, like a traumatic experience of losing my mum. So even though I've always been interested in dance just socially, I learned that through the trauma of losing someone who was mm. so fundamental, I found a release. And that came in in 1999, was my mum passed away. And then overlapping the next two years was when I was dancing in a community centre called Black Inspiration up in Leicester. And um, then in like 2001, dance GCSE was introduced on the curriculum and I picked it and that was where I found that doing contemporary dance I seemed to just have this outlet where I sort of was lost in the movement or the creative Mm -hmm. exercise and things like that so I had the social aspect I had the different styles of um dancing um 
at the community centre. So we did like dance hall, we did bashment, we did street dance, we did we literally did everything. Um and we'd do the carnival every year. Um and yeah, and then just being introduced to contemporary dance and physical theatre, it just opened up my eyes, but also helped me get lost um and mm. forget the the feeling of isolation. Mm. Um so yeah, that's where my dance journey began. Um, and then I would say, and then Circus was introduced to me in 2012. So it was just overlapping the Olympic Games. And I was working on two short projects, one with a company called Dance United and one with a company called Breaking Convention. And whilst I was working with Dance United, we'd taken the young people <clears throat> that was on a cohort for three months to Circus Space, it was then called, which is now National Circus, National Centre for Circus Arts. Um, one of the teachers suggested that um, I audition. And I, I was sort of, I'm sure we'll get to this later, I was going through another traumatic sort of season in my life. I'd just moved to London with my six-year-old um, and was resettling. And so it wasn't sort of an option for me to do a degree at mm -hmm. the age of like, I think I was 24, 25 with a six year old living in London by myself um, with her. And um, the other project that I was doing with Breaking Convention, I was it was as a performer, um, not as a teacher. And um, one of the students, a current student at the time, um suggested whilst we was in a rehearsal for a show have you ever thought of coming to um do circus I really think you should and you know they really encouraged me and like why they thought I should and suggested a look at certain videos and just did a little bit of research from that conversation and so it piqued my interest a little bit more mm. and then the month later I auditioned in the audition had a little bit of an accident but it was fine. I got accepted. Three months later, I got a three-year scholarship and then graduated with the skin of my, <laughs> by the skin of my teeth. Wow. Um, but it's but it's amazing. And and what because that's really interesting. When you said you had two people, first of all, one was a teacher and one was a, a student, student. Yeah. who both said to you with within a month of yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, perhaps you should think about that. What was your what was your perception of circus before that though? What, what kind of was the thing that made you think, hmm? Well, maybe not. Was it was it to mm. do with your with your situation, or was it to do with your idea of what circus was? It wasn't so much about what the idea of circus was. It was more it because it wasn't on my radar from me as a decision. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily know these people. I, I like I've always been a curious person. So yeah. I think for me being curious, it, there's a certain level of being open minded. And so when the first person, the teacher, um, suggested it, I was curious and I thought, oh, that's that's a that's a cool sort of thought. But I just I just thought it was unrealistic for me at where I was at. Um I just felt like I didn't, I, I would need time. And I just mm. felt like maybe later or maybe down the road or maybe not. I just, I just wasn't sure. 
And then when the second person suggested it, I just thought by that point, it's funny how things turn around. Like a few weeks ago, I wasn't sure about a specific thing that I wanted to do. And then within two weeks, I had this big idea of, wait, I don't need to decide. I can do it all. I just take my time and take the step. So just in the space of that month of the teacher and the student, I don't know. I can't remember what necessarily was going on. I just know that I was more curious the second time went by the time the student had suggested it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. I've got a little bit of time. Let me have a little look, let me research. And then I, I, I knew that there was an audition coming up. So the research came quite quickly um, in a condensed amount of time. Um, yeah. yeah. So. And this and this was the audition to get into circus school. It was called Circus Space at the time. And then a year later, when I started, a year or two later, it turned into um, a new title, National Centre for Circus Arts in Hackney. Um, yeah. But also, I, th- I don't think I answered your question about the circus part. So even though I didn't have much... I didn't really know much about circus. I just knew that there was loads of different elements, different disciplines um, and different. At the time, I wouldn't have said there was disciplines, but I, I know them now as the different disciplines. You know, you've got your aerial, puppetry, all these different different things that you can do. Although I do remember watching Pink in concert on TV, like probably MTV growing up. Like I said, I used to watch, you know, uh, dance around in the kitchen on the weekends with my dad. And she was in concert and she was doing silks. Mm. Um, and then like she was harnessed, flying over the crowd or whatever she was doing. And I just, I just remember being amazed. And so I've always been um, interested in like that large scale performance, that diva kind of, you know, <laughs> when I say diva, I'm thinking of Diana Ross. And yeah, Tina hell Turner, yeah, hell yeah. Know, um, but yeah, the circus element, I do remember seeing pink growing up and I just thought that would be amazing. Cause at the time growing up, as much as I started dance when I was in secondary school, I'd also for about a year when I was in primary school, I did gymnastics for, yeah. for a little while. Um, but at that time I used to be afraid, um, of competition. Like I was so nervous, you know, I was a bit self-conscious with my body. I was curvier than my, um, my classmates would you call them um now I'm not I'm not like that I love competition (laughs) I love competition yeah (laughs) um so yeah so I had a very small sort of idea about what circus was and I think I'm the kind of person that is is a yeah like I said I'm quite a curious person so very open-minded so yeah yeah and now your circus specialism, it, one of your specialisms is aerial, isn't it? You're an aerialist. Yeah. So um, so whilst I was studying, I specialised in single point dance trapeze. And then when I'd graduated, I just transferred my skills over to, say, doing hoop and other aerial skills. But yeah, so mainly trapeze and hoop. But yeah, aerial in general, I love. I love pole. I'd love to do a bit of flying pole, but I haven't wow. got the equipment yet. Yeah. Wow, I can't wait to see that spinny one. Yeah, yeah, the spinny one. It's amazing, and there's things. There's so many different things, aren't there? Chinese poles. Yeah, I love that as well. You know, it's breathtaking and and beautiful. 
speak. Yeah, incredible. Um, and and you were also saying you there briefly mentioned um, uh, before uh, that you just moved to London and you'd mm. left Leicester. Um, actually, before we go to that, I was just going to say, um, when you were talking, I thought, isn't it interesting how our perception of ourselves is influenced by what other people have, you know, these other suggestions, they could see you doing circus. Yeah, they saw something and I was oblivious to what what it was. And and until they suggested it, dropped that seed, dropped that thought, it didn't come to life until I, you know, tapped into what that suggestion was. And it's, I'm so glad you did because you're amazing, honestly. Yeah, um, but yes, sorry to go back to what I was saying. So mm-hmm. you'd, so you'd been living in. Le- you grew up from. You're from Leicester. I you, am. Yeah. You born uh, and raised. Born and raised. Come on, love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure. What the, is it Miduk? No, is that Coventry? You're at Miduk. My nan yeah. says Miduk. Miduk. Yeah. All right, Miduk. <laughs> Um, yeah. And and mechaste if she wants you to hurry up. What's mechaste? Mechaste. Mechaste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, and so you you were born and raised in Leicester, and you're from Leicester, and um, you were there up until the age of twenty four. Did you say? Oh, I think eight. I was twenty four. Yeah. yeah, I think I left when I was twenty four. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, about that. And again, so you were dancing. So had you already started dancing uh, professionally? Yeah, I I would say I started professionally in. So when I started coming to London in two thousand and five, my daughter was also born. So she yeah. was about seven months old, I believe. Um, and I I was doing a. I want to say it was like a, a youth a youth intensive program slash emerging artists program it was with a company called impact dance and um on this intensive program which I'd applied for funding to get the grant to travel back and forth because I was also back at college um I would do the commute every Tuesday for three months as well as go to college drop my daughter off to nursery travel an hour to college come back to Leicester, arrange childcare, and I'd just go straight to London, and then I would come back. I would just go for a few hours and then come back. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. And then, like you know, and have exams the next morning sometimes. Um, what was I saying? Um, but. Yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah. But. So, but also that was that move was precipitated by what was going on personally in your life as well, because I understand that. Yeah. And I mean, and this is why, you know, you are also, I just think, wow, you're so incredible um, because you're, you're, so your daughter was born when you were. I was 18. Yeah. 18. 18. Yeah. And. 2005. There, 2005 mm-hmm. and there had been uh with your daughter's father I understand issues so we was yeah yeah there was issues we wasn't together but it was a very problematic connection um mm-hmm. yeah so I would say for the first four years 
was easy because he wasn't around. Mm. Um, and when he then was around in the four years later, for those two years following, that was when it was just really difficult um, trying to navigate. I've I've raised this child of hours that felt like she was just mine. Mm. I've raised her by myself. And this individual who should be supportive, even if you're not together, um, mm. is actually just hindering not only myself, but I felt like if you're hindered as a parent, then your children can be hindered sometimes yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was just really difficult to navigate um, co-parenting when it didn't feel like I had a co-parent. Yeah. Just, yeah, it was like an intruder. Mm. It's probably the best way to mm. describe that. But, um, yeah, it sort of escalated within those two years, and I didn't really see it as domestic violence because we wasn't together. Mm. And, I, like, I've never been the person, If listen, if anyone hits me, I will hit you back. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't see it. My perception of domestic violence was I couldn't relate. It wasn't even on my radar, that that mm. word. I just knew that I didn't feel okay. I felt mm. hindered. I felt stuck and I felt trapped. And I didn't know um, how to coexist with this individual. Mm. Um, so I started to put more and more boundaries in place. Um, you know, if you wanted to see his daughter, you can come to the house, but you can't come in the house. You mm. know, just little, just little things that just made a difference um because he would he would use her to um to get to me to infiltrate yeah to inf yeah. yeah that is a really good word it is literally yeah like that um and there was just one day where i just had enough and i yeah i'd literally just had enough he'd we'd both gone out um at separate um separate so it was like we was we happened to be in the same event but we wasn't out together we yeah, went out yeah. separately and we happened to be in the same uh venue um me trying to be amicable said hello but I, that was it and uh, long story short that night um he was he kicked my door off and Whoa. yeah kicked my door off and just beat me black and blue <gasps> Um, yeah, I, yeah, it, I just have, I don't have flashback flashbacks anymore how I used to, um, oh like God. I can visualize it and still be okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was literally, my house was like a horror scene and thankfully my daughter wasn't there. Um, oh, thank God. All I know, yeah, three months later, I was, it was playing in my mind that I'd not done anything about it, you know. I'd spoken to an officer, but it was just burning me that I didn't feel like I could pursue the conversation with the police officer that I had because I just felt so unprotected. Mm. So that's where the move came in. I just literally made a decision after, I think it was about, it was about three or six months later, February that happened, the day before Valentine's Day, if you celebrate mm. Valentine's Day. Um, and then I left in June. So however many months that was, I'd made a decision in June. The day after, I got a space to come to live in 
in in London mm. and left with two and a half like two big suitcases one tiny little suitcase and one tiny little person to come and protect mm. <laughs> including myself so yeah, my god yeah 2012 my god now honestly I can't even you know it's incredible you're incredible honestly your resilience and your determination and your courage you know is thank you yeah Honestly. I want to hug you. <laughs> I, know. I know. I want to hug you. It's it's just this is the thing. And then you, you know, take like you're saying, I want to take this small person to protect this person. And I'm like thinking, well, who's protecting you? You know, yeah, it's... I did feel unprotected. Yeah. 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 Did so so what did the police did the police put in a restraining order was there yeah. mm-hmm. oh fantastic yeah. great yeah um so they put that in place um there was a bit of like a obstacle along the journey of it so yeah 2012 was when i left and also 2012 was when i started circus space yeah and then um the investigation overlapped with my degree yeah. And so in my head, I was starting this degree and I was so ready to go. Yeah. When I make a decision, I make a decision and that is it. Like no yeah. one will stop me. But I was getting like, say if I started here high up, I was just getting worn down gradually, getting like less and less energy. Um, yeah. And understandably. And of yeah, course. I felt like I'd bitten off too much. Like, What's that saying? Um, I felt like I'd bitten off more than more I could than you chew. Could chew. Yeah. yeah, but um, I was just because my second year went so bad, um, because of how I was handling. Yeah, of course. My other priorities, which I was very clear with the degree team in my audition, I made it very crystal clear that these are my priorities. I was very transparent. Um, that's your child and your this yeah this investigation oh yeah um obviously I'm saying that on top of um the obvious what you were saying yeah yeah, yeah. um it was just really important yeah. and then also I was just battling like with housing as well like um as somebody that um just for raise for the sake of raising awareness so if you are at risk of violence, you mm. um, are, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say the word entitled. You are eligible. Eligible. That's yeah. a better word. Yeah. You're eligible to stay anywhere within the UK and approach a council. Um, but at the time I was in a refuge. And I knew I had six months to approach a council before I established a local connection. So I had all these issues in terms of eligibility and local connection. Um, The council that I approached six months and four days later, um, because of when they scheduled me in, wanted to argue that I wasn't eligible because I've now established a local connection to the place that I was living in. And I, I was like, that doesn't make no sense to me. I'm oh. traumatised. I'm trying to heal. I've oh. approached you. 
yeah and I've got this support um person with me to um articulate anything that might not make sense and the way I was treated was so disgusting um the woman who rejected my application (gasps) she she says to me well it's not like anyone forced held a gun to your head I'm quoting this by the way um well it's not like anyone held a gun to your head and forced you to move to xyz place with the location because obviously I can't say the location yeah yeah. um yeah so so that that really I want to swear um (laughs) I do (laughs) (laughs) that pissed me off so I took I basically I pursued a case against the council whilst I've pursued a case against my daughter's dad whilst doing my degree whilst raising my daughter and I was knackered so yeah do you know what? I can't, uh, my mouth is just open. I can't even believe this because this is the thing, isn't it? That that I, I, I find with the most people who have been traumatised are treated so badly. Yeah. By, Absolutely. I, I, can't I can't even grasp the lack of empathy mm. you know it's disgusting yeah it is disgusting is the word yeah and and, and what you just said there about bringing a case against them I applaud you, <laughs> you know, good thank you yeah I just felt like they needed to be held accountable um, good I wish I wish I'd have pursued it longer um I won. I won the um, case against them, but they appealed it, so I had to go uh-huh. to court again, um, a higher court. And then I can't remember if they won that or if I won that. But all I knew is I didn't agree with whatever the decision was, mm-hmm. and it was to go to the Supreme Court. But by this time, I think it was 2014, and I was just—I think I just started my third year. Just yeah. Um, and it was, there was just loads of other things, smaller things that felt massive looking after my sister at the time who was struggling. So I was being a carer for her for a few months and, um, my God, you're a woman of church. (laughs) You're a woman of, you're a woman of mental, breathtaking courage, honestly. Thank you. Um, yeah, so basically I didn't allow it to go to the Supreme Court because yeah. I felt like the scales, one of the scales had to to just be put down. Mm. Um, one of the plates, should I say, had to be put down. Um, yeah. And it burns me, that does. It, I don't look at it and think regret. I think, oh, I wish I could have done more because I think one of my driving forces, other than obviously within my household, was I wanted to... Ha- I wanted no one else to have that issue. So yeah. if I could have set, set it would have like probably been like set a precedent or something because yeah. it was it was like a black hole. It was like they could get away with this, yeah. and there's no there's no clear. Um, but there seems to be no uh, accountability. There seems to yeah. be no consequence for that. Yeah. What is the consequence for, you know? behaving in a way that's completely unacceptable towards people who have been uh, the survivors of 
serious assault yeah Yeah. serious assault exactly wow wow yeah and like the it's it's almost like to to view the perception of people i okay so obviously like i said with the domestic violence thing my perception of it was non-existent that wasn't even Mm. on my radar so in some ways i i give people permission that have that have been ignorant towards me and mistreated Mm. me in terms of um, my circumstances but also I have to also look at myself um, and there was just times where I just you know who wants to approach a council for help no I'm sure no one actually wants to no. what, what do, what do I do what you know if I'd love to have known what else I could have done yeah yeah but because they should my family are in Leicester yeah know? And yeah. I couldn't I couldn't be in Leicester and feel safe to pursue what I believe was the right thing to do and that was just yeah. it. So holding people holding people accountable when they mistreat you, you know, yeah. no one no one deserves to no be harmed. No, no, um, exactly. So yeah. So that yeah. was in my way of like re- um having uh like the word dignity comes to mind. Yeah. Um because it's at times it's felt like that's been thrown out the window because of my circumstances, because mm. of how I think people might be viewing me, or because of how I'm viewing me, or because of I you tell know, you whatever. what, I, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's, you're viewed with the utmost respect and awe, you know, for for how you've conducted yourself you know and with a fight and the spirit you know this is the thing it's yeah I'm a fighter as well I am completely understand where you're coming from this fight for justice and Mm. also it's it is really important because I think it does set a precedent for what will then follow you know yeah um that's absolutely and and you were doing and you were in your third year I can't this was the start of your third year so so you drew a a line under the continuing with the supreme court and then focused on your focused Um, on your finishing your degree is that correct yeah because I I literally I wanted to quit by the January of my final Uh, year I don't blame you I I said to my dad I said I'm done I am actually done my dad said to me he said do you want me to come down there and speak to the school <laughs> oh, I love that but actually yes dad do it I thought that was brilliant now looking back I wish I'd have said actually yes please dad yes um, yes but um yeah so uh because yeah. I think were they uh, were they fully aware of the situation were they fully mm-hmm. aware of your situation yeah, yeah yeah I think um it's funny because I think I told the right people like the yeah. people you know at the top sort of um yeah. dealing with the course program and the teachers yeah. and the timetabling and things like that I just think that I mean who's equipped to deal with anyone in that situation and yeah. I, they definitely wasn't equipped so when I say that I'm not saying it's a point of finger I'm saying no. just to be honest um and you know it's little things like there wasn't I think there was only one other parent that was a student yeah so I think these these places that we 
organizations and uh, companies I know there's a lot more being done to make things more accessible yeah. for people even shows performances events all this sort of stuff but I definitely think that as much as I know that particular um, space develops over the years mm. at the time I was there there could have definitely been more for mums mm. more for myself yeah. um you know, but yeah, I think they try, they tried yeah. to help more in my third year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you make such an important point there, I think, because it's this belief that one size fits all in terms mm. of, well, this is what we're offering and this is how we can support you. But actually, you know, maybe those times don't, you know, I could do these certain times, but I have yeah. to have this time free and and it's actually uh for organizations to uh adapt you know as you say to and to learn I think you're right yeah yeah you know to learn from uh to learn that all the all students aren't the same I've just been recently working in a university and it's and it's like well yeah all the students are not the same they come with yeah. very, very different issues and and those issues are equally as valid, you know, yeah. and it's finding Absolutely. a way to balance that yeah. in terms of, I think, uh, equity. You know, there's yeah. equality, but there's equity because people are starting from different places. Yeah. Yeah. But, you said you said two words, equally valid. Sorry, you... you yeah, you no, I was, no, I was, no, I was... I'm I'm ready you you, Uh, yeah you said equally valid um in terms of like people being in different places and that being okay when you was talking about students and it just made me reflect back to a time where um I know for definite there was one student that was feeling quite frustrated and I think felt if I sort of generalize um their thoughts was basically that I was getting special treatment but I wasn't I really wasn't and I remember one of my feedback was um shouldn't be able to get away with things just because she's talented this was like one of the teachers but I'm thinking and and my perception so this is the perception that I had coming towards me from others not everybody I'm just saying it just reminds yeah, me of yeah, one one yeah. situation but my perception in that time was that everyone else was getting special treatment and I'm being targeted so it was just an interesting reflection looking back especially coming out of doing a degree in such a hectic chaotic um series of events over a period of time um I couldn't go back to the building for quite a long time because it just felt too painful I associated that space with pain um, yeah. And so I needed that time to heal. So it then became, it's not actually about the people in the building or the building. It's actually, it's that my journey. This is this exactly. is how I'm feeling and just sift off, sift off what's not real, sift off what these bad thoughts might be and forget about, even if people had bad thoughts or was targeting me or, or if they thought I was getting special, you know, all whatever it was, let it go. So that was my time to just let go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Again, wow. Because that also is the only way you heal. It's, mm. as you say, kind of take that and that level of maturity. A lot of people who, you know, when they come out of 
traumatic kind of events still can't look at things with that level of maturity that you have and have, have stepped back and said, well, actually, what it's my journey. What am I attaching to this? Because things really only have power and we, it's because we give them exactly. Yeah. 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 I just, I just decided that my daughter's watching me. Like she's pretty close to my age. Obviously it's only 18 year gap. Um, And so at times when I didn't see a certain value in my own self or life, I would look at her. How would I want people to treat her? How would I want her to handle this situation? What would I want her to do? And so yeah. that became the lens in which my focus was. It, that's not the case now. I'm sort of like, what do I, you know, I, I've, yeah. I've replaced her with myself, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, well, totally. I think I think in terms of understanding, sometimes we have to step out of ourselves if we're, if we're you know, obviously have, have, been in such a vulnerable position and felt so vulnerable to focus on something that's outside of ourselves that keeps us going and obviously you know your daughter was the most important thing so it's completely understandable but as you say now it's a completely (laughs) you know it's you (laughs) it's just incredible you really honestly I have so much respect and awe and admiration for you Really, oh, thank you, Caroline. I really, I, I, I really do. You know, it's incredible. Um, and also because I know we'll talk a bit more about your work, but also because I think we're on this uh, topic of your your daughter and things now being about you. The fact is, you've just recently also had Ooh. another yeah. <laughs> child yeah. who is how old is your little boy now? So he's a year and a half, just over a year and a half. So it'll be two in April. Yeah. 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 So and obviously when we met, I was pregnant. So yes. I just I was just able to start announcing it to people when I'd started working with you. Yeah. Wow. So this little person who's now a year and a half, it's a very, presumably a very different uh experience, a very different yeah. journey of motherhood. Um mm-hmm. And also it must be quite a, a, I mean, I have a a sibling who is 15 years older than me, you know, but also so, you know, to have a sibling who is 18 and, you know, he has a sibling who's 18 and and he's one, (laughs) you know, (laughs) how's that, how's that working out? Good, good babysitting. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. She's got much better because she was doing her A-levels up until um, the summer. So she she felt a little bit overwhelmed with yeah. the amount of subjects she was doing and the amount of studying she wanted to contribute to her studies. And so I, I, I had to learn to, like, not see it as, you're being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Over her child. Um, so, yeah, I, I tried to not take it personal and not see it as she doesn't want to spend time with her brother. She adores her brother. She was so excited yeah. when she heard the news. She started crying when we filmed her, when we told her the news. So I knew it wasn't personal. It was yeah. she is doing the right thing. She's prioritising what she can manage yeah. to not overwhelm herself. Um, and now it's great. So um, I went to do a workshop for a full day in Leamington Spa with Motion House. Um, I was invited as a guest and basically left my son 
with my daughter for the yeah. day and then my partner took over after work so um so yeah it's so much different in so many different levels yeah like I've, I've got I've got breakfast here from my son's dad um maybe yeah. for when we finish um, yeah you know. you're in a great relationship you've got a beautiful daughter you've got a beautiful son you're in a wonderful place yeah. you live in a great place you're you know you you're established as a fantastic um performer and teacher and do you and when we were talking about this a little bit earlier you know we were saying it's interesting isn't it so so for motherhood you were the same person mm-hmm. but this journey what a different yeah. you know what a different journey and and also how are you in terms of your identity how is that how how are you perceiving yourself now and how are you perceiving yourself in in relation to i suppose i don't know it's weird isn't it perceiving yourself in relation to motherhood you know yeah um i guess if i was to think about it my identity in terms of the relationship with motherhood it's very much i i sort of i look at my first child and i see that she's now coming into her she's just entering adulthood mm. um and i see that journey as one thing and then i see my son and how it was being pregnant mm. it was an amazing pregnancy it was such a um warm um, mm. inviting family um, experience. Yeah. And so when I look at both my relationships with the children, I think that's when, it sounds weird saying children, because I'm so used mm-hmm. to saying child. I've got yeah. a child. I've got a daughter. I'm still getting used to saying I've got a son. Mm. Uh, I've got children. It, it, that sounds, That is weird to me. I'm still adjusting to that. Um, but yeah, so when I look at both of the children, I think my identity is still an everyday thing, but I see it as they overlap. Mm. I overlap as a mother, how I relate to both of them. Mm. Um, it's it's hard to explain um, the identity motherhood question. But I definitely see more, I'm in a place where I feel I'm maturer. Mm-hmm. I handle situations different. Mm-hmm. I expect things with more clarity. Um, I have, my expectations are clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, my non-negotiables, they're clearer. And my I have no idea is very clear it's like a gray (laughs) (laughs) oh amazing and and I didn't have that before so I'd say yeah I feel I feel firmer I feel like like I'm I wouldn't say fully restored but you know I feel I I only say I don't feel fully restored because I feel like just in general with life there's always something to learn Mm. add to and so I just see it as a constant journey. So I feel like mm. that's how I also see the identity question. Mm. I might feel really confident today. And then next week I'll be like, I have no idea what I'm doing today. 
and then I might have to just take a minute and yeah 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 we check amazing answered your question no (laughs) no completely it's just really wonderful to listen to because obviously you know you 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 know you've as you say you have these two children and you are the same person and you've gone on such an incredible journey with them and I'm so happy that this you know that the that the that this present where you are presently is such a wonderful place because you deserve it you know yeah um, it still feels new this place that I'm in now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And in terms of so, in terms of balancing your motherhood with performance mm-hmm. and with working and teaching, you know, I'm seeing you everywhere on my Instagram. <laughs> That's why I was like, I was like, oh my god, I need to talk to, I need to talk to Natalie. She looks amazing. What's she doing? It's amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's it's incredible. So, how is that? How is that? At the moment, how's your your? Are you? Do you feel that you're redefining yourself? You're stronger. Do you feel, you know, more? Uh, 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 do you feel a clearer idea of yourself and your maybe your performing identity of who you are? Yeah, I'd say definitely yes. Um, I I feel like I'm stronger in the sense of occupying a space wherever I am if uh, knowing how I'm feeling and being in tune with my body wherever I am I feel like I'm stronger in that respect Mm. um but I definitely the difference in having a child when I was 18 versus however old I was I think I was like 35 or something I can definitely feel that I took I took more time with my recovery this time around and yeah of course getting back on stage um and being in the studio and working I was actually so I think my daughter was seven months old when I started restarted my uh college diploma was never going to do go back to college but I ended up um choosing to just because of a performance happened which I'll just shelve that for a minute um but with my son um I was offered uh, a dance GCSE teacher role and it was all the way in Enfield um, and there's loads of boroughs in between where I am and there mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd had a cesarean and it was four months into my son being born I was still breastfeeding mm-hmm. and I really wanted this job because I've been mm-hmm. doing bits and bobs um, um, and then having contracts and then bits and bobs and overlapping everything Mm. and I really just wanted a contract within a creative environment so I was so desperate to take this role because I hadn't Mm. been a dance teacher in a GCSE position before um and I was being offered it and so I just it, it pained me to turn it down, but I, again, going back to the feeling stronger in where I am and knowing if I need to take more time and hurry up on something and blah, 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 I chose to turn the job down and I, I don't regret it. As much as I would have loved it and I craved that sort of position at that time, I'm glad that I did the right thing for myself. And I was able to then breastfeed my son till like, I think 11 months, whereas with my daughter, 
I think I breastfed for like six and a half months um, mm-hmm. because I was then back full time on this um, course that I was doing. So, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? I suppose it's, it's getting to an age where you kind of, like you say, you can weigh up the things and think, well, what is really important here? Yeah. And also have faith in your decision yeah and also and that and that things will turn out okay and trust in your own instinct and your own yeah sort of internal compass yeah it's so true because in December um so my son wasn't quite one I still had a bit of a baby tummy um Mm. and I thought I really want to get back in the studio. I want to get back on my equipment, my circus equipment, and my trapeze, my hoop, and all of this, and be creating again. But I just, I felt like my body was just really slow. Mm. And even though I desired and craved to be in the studio on my equipment, I felt like I lacked the same drive that I had with my daughter in getting back and having that hustle and that get up and go. (laughs) So what I did is I chose to do um, some pole dancing classes. Um, Not many. I think I did about maybe just over 10 classes between December and I think February. And 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 this oh, is for, and this was for fitness for after your for fitness yeah, after your son was fitness yeah, yeah. It was almost one and basically what happened was is I was just going to one of the pole dance classes this was probably like my eighth class and I received a call from my friend um, she is an amazing woman she's also like a mentor mm. um, um, but yeah she's like one of my closest friends Jane her name is. And her husband, John Z, um, he's an associate um, artist at Sadler's Wells. They had um, an event happening called um, Open Arts. No, I've forgotten. How did I forget the title? Anyway, they had an event and they Mm. invited me to this event. Um, No, I think it was Open Arts Surgery. Basically, it's a week residency. And at the end of the week, you basically share what you've been creating in the studio and you have mentors along the week. So I had three mentors, John Z. Jane, and I hope I don't pronounce his name wrong, Anthony Ekandayo. Mm. And um, I'm sure I, he'll forgive you. Yeah. I'm sure he will. Forgive me, Anthony. Um, I had an idea that I'd been thinking about. So I went into the studio literally the next day with my son because I said, yes, I'm free. This was a Monday that they called me. I'm just mm. about to go into this poll class in the evening. And Jane says, Natalie, are you free this week? And I said, I'm free tomorrow, I'm free Wednesday, I'm free Thursday, but I have my son. Um, And oh my gosh, he loved it. He was such, I mean, both of the kids have been amazing because they've both Mm -hmm. been babies when I've took them into the studio or took them on a project. Um, Like I've got videos or photos of them both being in the studio Mm -hmm. now at like, crawling ages Mm. um and so that was nice but it was also really nice because um that accessibility you know Mm. um Mm. and yeah it was just amazing so it was really good to perform I performed um so my first performance back after having Xavier was um April this year oh my gosh um 
and that was at Burnley Grants Art Centre mm. up in Seven Sisters. And um, then the following month, I also performed um, for an event called Ladies First, which was an opening night for John City's Breaking Convention at Sadler's Wells. So yeah. it's a festival um, every year and they do it all around the world and the UK. Um, sorry, I should say international rather than all around the world because I don't know how many places they do it. But um, it was just really great to be back. Like I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't like my first performance, but I, they was really encouraging in terms of um, the quality and f- not feeling like I need to rush and throw yeah. all these shapes and positions and feel like I need to throw everything into this one five minute piece. Um, and so I really was able to just with the concept, which was sort of like a everyday superhero mm. type of concept. Which you um, are. <laughs> <laughs> I had this really long train of hair that was sort of like a, um, like I used it like nunchucks yeah. and wrapped it around me like a web. And um, so in the performance of that first performance, I felt like I didn't deliver elements of what I thought I thought was really interesting during the rehearsals yeah. just because of time and logistics with you know really refining the stuff so um so when I got to do it for ladies first um there was a the wardrobe at Sadler's Wells did me this really cool plaited helmet so wow. um yeah it was just really cool so I'm looking forward to re um reworking that yeah um, revisiting yeah. that yeah. yeah wow I can't wait to see it um wow oh my goodness wow now honestly your work is incredible and you and you also work you were telling me about the work that you did in um so that was at Sadler's Wells Mm -hmm. um but there was also work that you do in Leicester you did you you were talking about the show yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. that you did in Leicester so there is a organization called Cosmopolitan Arts and yeah. they do they do a lot of festivals um, in Leicester and I'm sure probably other places as well. Um, I worked with them online through COVID. Um, yeah. I did some paid work um, to be a part of the festival, but yeah. just obviously via yeah. online. Um, and then coming out of COVID, I they had a um at the same place I started dance at um, the community center they was basically hosting a youth a youth program I can't remember what time of year it was it was probably like in the summer or something yeah um and I was invited to basically do a little taster taster day Mm. of some of the um, movement that I wanted to share and then do like a little talk at the end with a bit of a Q&A and then do a, a sharing as well so I performed something that I had been working on for um, a company called Tomdale Dance Company so I just basically shared what I'd created um, just mm-hmm. as some movement and um, then coming out of Covid it was a couple of months ago now I did my first um, stage pole aerial it's a lyra pole um on a stage so it's a portable equipment yeah um, and i got to do it outdoors it's the first time that i have performed in leicester since i think 2005 ish wow yeah wow so, yeah 
How did that feel? Because that's also, you know, going back and but in a very different space. And Talk after about perception. Whoa. And after a lot of healing, you know, to be able to go back to yeah. do that. How was that? Yeah. So um I mean, I'm smiling, so yeah. it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was great to perform. It was great mm. to have this new equipment. Um, it was great to be invited. Um, it was great to invite people mm. and actually be organised enough to send out the invites. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and it was great to visually see these family and friends so excited to see me just there so proud none of them want me to come back to Leicester um just purely because they're like you need to do this you need to do that you yeah, need to just yeah. go and do to fly, to fly. Exactly. Yeah. so when I say they don't want me to come back it's not just because I make them cook for me and make them drop <laughs> me here there and everywhere they just genuinely just want me to just gain 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 and um, so yeah so it was really beautiful to watch them watch me yeah. And, um, for example, my friend Tasha, she's got a little, little, she got, she brought her two children and her partner. And it was really beautiful to see her there because she, it's not that the other people that was there that I invited wasn't as important. It was just that we shared this connection. Yeah. Before I left Leicester, we both have this, um, similar history relationship. Yeah. Um, journey and transformation and healing and so to see her in a place with her partner and her kids mm-hmm. where I'm in that place with my partner and one of my child my my daughter Taylor she she was she didn't have time to watch me <laughs> she's already <laughs> watched me for the last 18 years she's bored <laughs> she had better things to do um but she was there in spirit she said so yeah. um so it was just you know the it was so beautiful to just have my family and friends there and see um my friend's little girl just so excited to see me she's so bendy and she wants to do all this acrobatic stuff and she's so strong so oh my god yeah it was lovely it was great um it's and you also sorry you also mentioned um what was it like as well because of you in you know what it was like before Mm -hmm. and there's obviously that element as well which is a whole of a topic but yeah sorry I interrupted you no no gosh I no it's it's I'm just got excited wonderful it's wonderful listening to you but I was I was gonna say it's this beautiful thing where you've actually from something that was so you know it's fuck what a struggle man you know it's just like a lot of people would have just been broken you know but you are a warrior you know and to have come yeah. You know, and to come f- and to come full circle, actually, mm-hmm. you know, to come full circle and to come back and to kind of go, here I am in all my amazing power mm-hmm. is so incredible. And then to be there to also inspire, mm-hmm. you know, young kids and yeah. adults and everyone. You know, wow, thank you, incredible, and thank you. Honestly, I could really, I could, Natalie, I could talk to you for about 
we love can, it. can't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we could. Took, took hind legs off several donkeys. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just, because I think this is a really good place for us to maybe to complete our conversation, but I'd love to, you know, to talk to you again. Although you wanted to say something, I think uh, before we complete, I just really like to get every last bit of content that you, you know, you want to share. You mentioned the word warrior. Yeah. And um, I never saw myself as that. Um, But like I said, I feel stronger. And I've just recently um, came on board for... um, been a part of there's a cub academy program for the auditions for lion king the musical mm-hmm. and um so i'm doing the dance class for them over this six weeks and the song that i picked is called warrior <laughs> and the kids they love it that's why when you said warrior i wasn't like in agreement yeah i'm a warrior it was just because no. i can relate to the song as uh, the, yeah. the song title um and how excited these kids get and yeah so well and I, to and see them embody that well this is great but also this is the next part i suppose of your journey is that actually you're sharing these skills and infusing because it's so important i had this conversation with somebody yesterday that it's really important for kids to see people who look like them you know for us to have diversity yeah. and for kids to see people who look like them doing things that they might not ever think about yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, so important. It's, and not was, just for things that are specific, you know, oh, well, yeah. Lion King, we're going to have some brown-skinned people. It's just like mm. actually throughout the yeah. arts, throughout performance. Um, yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, as much as I – I mean, I love – seeing these children um just grow in their skills um I don't know it's a short space of time with them but I just I love it I love that they get that opportunity I love that they get that time and everything in the program and just to see them doing something that they really enjoy it's just yeah like I would see them do some um singing or hear them do some singing and acting and um I just well I'm just like on the inside I'm just like oh my god look at them they're amazing um, but I have to try warm. and keep it cool <laughs> I have to try and keep it cool on the outside <laughs> yeah oh no thank you oh my goodness yeah, you are you. so amazing honestly this conversation has been so beautiful I've loved thank you having this conversation Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking this time this morning because I know you didn't have very much sleep last night. Uh, <laughs> we won't, won't talk about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But to, to have this conversation because it's it has been really incredible, really inspirational. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being vulnerable and for being open and for being amazing, your amazing self. Um Thank and if you people so much. and if people want to find out more about you, do you have a website or where they can what what are your what are your social media uh, uh, contacts? Where can they where yeah, can they find so you? For now, I'd say the best place um, would be um, Instagram. Yeah, um, I am just working on a website, um, 
Brandon sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, so Natalie Nicole James um, is my Instagram. Okay, Nicole James. Brilliant. And what I'll do in the show notes, I'll put everything up. You know, obviously your biog. Please read it, everyone. Your biog yeah. and um and your and your contact details and um anything performance wise that's coming up or we uh, you're working on things. Working on yeah, just moment, developing, developing some things at the moment. Yeah, I'm just looking into having a. I need. I just feel like I need my own space for my yeah. equipment to train and teach, um, as well as teaching for the people. So, so yeah, that's my focus at the moment. Um, yeah, no performances yeah. I can think of actually. Um, yeah. yeah, not yet. I'm, but we'll, we'll see. See what calls come through. Yeah, looking <laughs> forward to that. <laughs> yeah, they will do. That's things. Things materialize. They yeah. do. But um yeah, yeah. oh thank you well, again Natalie. Yeah, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much no, for having me. Really. I could talk to you all day. I could talk um, to you all day. The pleasure yeah. is all mine. Right <laughs> um, back at you. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I just want to say thank you everybody for listening to the Perception Podcast. I hope this episode has uh given you something. Um and if you like it, please like and please follow and please share and subscribe. And I will speak to you next week on another episode of the Perception Podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs>